you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast is the only ship here. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left, and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is that? What was that? Uh... Money drop. I didn't even get the reference. Oh, I got it now. I thought he said the only champ here, but it was the only chip here. Only the, oh, chip. yeah. Calling back to um, the old Chip Kelly thing. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, calling back to this. We didn't bring Sam in here to be a chip. I'm the only chip here. <laughs> That's right. That's good. I like that. Love it. I like the new money drops. Thank you for everyone sending oh, in yeah. hashtag money tags. Just anytime you think of something good, send it to hashtag money tags because we're always looking for it. Uh, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. I'll say it again. This is uh, a Monday podcast. We're here in the studio, Studio 66. Uh, Mark is missing because he is hard at work in Arizona at the NFL annual meeting. Is that what it's called? That's it. You I've written it 44 times in the last couple of days. But yeah, annual, NFL annual meeting. The Connor Orr and then Sizzler both covered the veteran combine, which I hear was a depressing affair uh, for everyone involved. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to get them on the phone a little bit later to ca- to catch on, up with them on their experience. Of course, the you know all the big wigs are down uh, in Arizona for these breakfasts. That uh, Greg, you could fill us in on exactly how this works. You were at this event jogging with Mark last year. Well, it's very similar, Dan. I don't know if you've been to like an embassy suite. Yes, I have. They have a complimentary breakfast when you wake up. You know, everyone can can go get some sausages. Continental breakfast. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Except in this case. You know, it's Doug Marone, it, you know, was last year, and Chip Kelly. They can chow down some bacon, and you sit down and ask them questions for an hour. That's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday they're on the scene. How about that? That's pretty good. Do you think Mark eats at these breakfasts? Uh, I was there with him. He did eat after the fact. I mean, not much because okay. he's, he's a fooditarian, so that he's not really into it, but he liked it. Wes, how you doing over there? A little silent so far. Couldn't be better, Dan. If <laughs> yeah. I was any better, there'd have to be two of me. <laughs> how was your wow. weekend? Wonderful. Good, good, good. A little cornhole yesterday. Got the green egg working, barbecue. We mm. should be happy. This is the start of the offseason as far as I'm concerned. Really, it's when the owner's meeting ends. When Mark and Connor get back home, the offseason begins. We're going to kick it off in style next weekend. West Fest, I heard. West Fest. Is that the name that you're going with? I mean, it is now. Yeah, I like the sound of it. It's not West of Us, which, is, of course, is the Bengals' playoff loss on Wild Card Weekend. I look forward to it every January. Yeah. What do you like more, like a West Fest or West of Us? Uh, I wouldn't. Ha- I don't want to choose. <laughs> I feel like I West- like this kind of party. <laughs> West of Us has become a nice tradition for me. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to uh, the party. And TD behind the glass, how are you, buddy? What is going on, guys? Happy National Puppy Day. Oh, I like puppies. Isn't every <laughs> everyday puppy day? I guess so. <laughs> nice drop there. I like that. The uh, TD, by the way, th- the big news, and before we got a big show, we're going to get into some news from the last couple of days since the last time we were with you, which was uh, Thursday, uh, and then we're going to get into players who benefited or have been hurt by free agency. Uh, we're going to, the three of us will discuss that, and of course, as I said, we're going to get our two 
colleagues from Arizona on the horn. TD, big, big event coming up on Thursday. Win Wes's toaster. Do we have our our um, applicants lined up, our opponents for Chris Wesley? Not yet. We will, though. Okay. Uh, in the next coming days, be on the lookout on your Twitter feed. Going to have the you know screening process going down. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Get a, you know The winners, contestants have fact sheets made, so good time. All right, good. So Thursday, that's the big uh, It's a big event, so make sure you tune in for that. Here's but, the fact. The whole game is a sham. Ooh. That's the fact. I take it. <laughs> Maya. Uh, TD, why don't we do some news? Is that a little Dark Man X? Yeah, I thought we got a little soft there with a the dog puppy barking. So, I, you know, yeah. went with that. Who's calling us? So either way, do the yeah. show. Okay. Let's listen. This is uh, – we keep it real on the show. A little phone. Look, he's behind the glass not doing work. So why don't we get right to it? We'll start with the news, and we'll start with the New Orleans Saints, who, we, of course, have made some very big changes uh, on their roster so far in the offseason, and that led to speculation that another shoe or the biggest shoe to drop would be Drew Brees being shipped out of town. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen, according to general manager Mickey Loomis, who emphatically shot down those rumors at the annual meeting. This was his quote to uh, Jim Corbett of the USA Today. Jim Corbett, who once gave me a tour of the Jets training camp facility in 1999. Wow. Yeah. How old were you then? I was 19 years old. It was Mm -hmm. great. I got to watch a Bill Parcells press conference, which was uh, quite amazing. Anyway, this is the quote. Anybody who thinks we're trading Drew Brees, that's just not true. Chris Wessling, do you believe it? Of course I believe it. If, I feel like he was speaking directly to Mark Sessler. The, the <laughs> Big-time Sizzler. The idea that any That's NFL right. team would trade an established franchise quarterback is anathema. I mean, why would any – you, the whole goal is to get a franchise quarterback. Hmm. I guess the uh, devil's advocate take is that this is a team that's maybe – the Super Bowl window is closed. They're starting a, a new chapter, so why keep a 36-year-old when you can leverage that into a trade that potentially restocks the roster? But I'm with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean – Look what division they're in. Jay Cutler was traded. I guess if you call him a franchise quarterback. But you're right. I'm trying to think of other examples. Jay Cutler was traded because he pitched a fit as a petulant brat. Right. And that's not happening in New Orleans. It never made a whole lot of sense. I think people sometimes apply other sports thinking to the NFL. Like, okay, the, the Saints are blowing things up. In other sports, it's like... You start rebuilding, and they just trade away stars, but that doesn't happen. Well, I think we saw – look what happened with the Raiders and Jaguars the last couple of years. The idea that you would blow up your team is ridiculous. That's not how you win in the NFL. And you don't win by, like, gaining cap room. Right. Or, this isn't the NBA where you tried to coax Kevin Garnett to your team the one year or something. They're not, it's not like they're a young – particularly young team. And they're signing free agents. They're Yeah, they're not rebuilding. Right, they're trading right. away Kenny Spills. They're not really rebuilding. Re- building they're just looking for a the better jimmy graham shade was shocking and it does help their run game in terms of their blocking ability with getting max unger uh but it's not like this team is a complete uh rebuild situation they, they can win that division easily and, like we talk about or i talked about when i was defending the the revis deal with the jets is like just get in the playoffs who knows what happens drew Brees has won a super bowl so it looks like Brees will still be in town in New Orleans. And Tom Benson talked about it, too, that they're not rebuilding. I, I think the ownership situation, which is up in the air right now, also is hanging over that franchise. And the last thing they want to do is win four or five games again. I think they want to be in as good standing as possible with all that going on. 
All right, we move on to Minnesota, where the Vikings have been very upfront about wanting to keep Adrian Peterson in Minnesota after a lost 2014 season. But now we're hearing more, uh, more bubbling up about Peterson maybe not wanting to stay with the Vikings. Uh, General uh, Manager Rick Spielman recently requested a dinner session with Peterson's agent Ben Dogra uh, at uh, the annual meeting in Phoenix, and Dogra declined. This, according to NFL Media's Albert Breer. Uh, so and this was first reported by Yahoo. Greg, I know you wrote the piece uh, where you, you laid out why it made sense that he would be staying in Minnesota. Does this change how you feel at all? No, it doesn't change it. It does tell me that Peterson could have a higher level of seriousness of pushing himself off the team than, than I thought. So it's an extra bit of information. But ultimately, I still think the Vikings hold all the cards here. I mean, what is this? Some sort of dating show? The Bachelor? Like, you, you can't, like... It's all about who chooses to go with whose dinner. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about here, but I'm just no, saying. I I still dis- I've disagreed with you all along on this. I think he, uh, he has been peeved, really peeved about the way things were handled last year. He doesn't want to play for the Vikings. But it's a, I I I get that. But it's also he's playing it this way that he's trying to keep both options open because he's not sure right now if he can get the contract that he wants or if he can really get out of Minnesota. So if he wanted to at any point in this process, he could have just said, I'm never playing in Minnesota again, or I want to be traded, or I want to be released. And he didn't do any of that because he's trying to get his money. And a little more context of the situation, and to your point, Wes, you said that you know, obviously this is something that's sticking to Peterson's ribs about how last year played out. Multiple sources close to Peterson have informed Albert Breer that the major sticking point is a, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Warren, who was uh, recently promoted from general counsel of the team to COO. Uh, Peterson's camp is under the impression that Warren worked with the NFL to put Peterson on that exempt list. Uh, so as long as this Warren guy is in town, Peterson doesn't want to be there. Uh, I don't know. It's it's still a messy situation here. But Rap Sheet also, Ian Rapport, our NFL media insider, also is reporting, you know, guaranteed money in 2016 would make everything go away. So it's just about money. It's just about contracts. I mean, it's it's partly about money. I don't think – I talked to Burt on Friday, and he – I thought that was interesting. He said Peterson once out of Minnesota, and – Why hasn't he asked for The Vikings know that Peterson wants out of Minnesota. Okay. Then why hasn't he asked for a trade publicly? Why? Why isn't he, he made his? Maybe he wants point to clear. control the situation in a different way. You know, force a release, and then he gets to choose where he goes. Well, they're not really. They're not going to release him. I think they. He could box them in a corner where they feel like it's just worth it to trade him. But that would be a bad spot to be. All right, let's talk about another running back this time, Lashawn McCoy, who of course was traded to the Bills, a blockbuster move on the eve of free agency. Uh, in exchange for Kiko Alonso. Uh, it's very clear that McCoy was not uh, really happy with the Eagles about how this all played out. I think he definitely took it as a sign of disrespect, it seems, that he got moved. And on the Rich Eisen show, uh, he said on Friday that he viewed the moves that were made after he was traded when the Eagles signed both DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. He called it a panic move. Uh, he said that he didn't understand it, and he and he basically laid out his feeling that Chip Kelly, he's a great coach, but I think he's learning on the job here as a personnel man in, t- in terms of how he's spending and the decisions he's making. Shots fired! Shady's just saying what a lot of people around the NFL are saying, that Chip Kelly's in over his head. I don't buy it, but uh, I think a lot of people thought the same thing as McCoy, that 
why would you let go of McCoy and then you sign Murray and Matthews? It seems like they're just like making it up as they go along. But they sign Murray and Matthews to the same money that McCoy is getting. Right, and you get Kiko Alonso back. I mean, there right. there is a logic to it. There might be something to the fact that they weren't planning all along to sign Matthews and Murray, and they just right. made that up after the fact. Now, I, you know, I'm often critical of Chip Kelly, but you make a good point. Like, if someone were to ask me, would I rather have LaShawn McCoy or DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and Kiko Alonso, if the money is similar, I don't think it's a bad move at all by uh, oh, the Eagles. Let's maybe, be he fair. Is a, maybe he is a genius. <laughs> I mean, when you look at it in that sense, and of course you could look at it, it's not the only way to look at it, obviously, but the roster, I guess, is a little more full, and, and Murray is an excellent back coming off his best year ever. We don't know if he'll be able to repeat it, but not Chip, bad. Chip Kelly's playing checkers. No, he's playing chess while everyone's <laughs> playing checkers. How about but, that? And he is. And Rex he, is playing Lincoln Log still. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he. I was watching, he did a, uh interview with – uh, Steve Weish from the NFL annual meeting I was watching, and I just can't get over. Chip Kelly is very pleased with himself. The way he discusses football, I mean, he's the genius. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why, as Greg said, a lot of people around the NFL are questioning Chip Kelly. I think he rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, it's the it's weird. I was trying to uh, trying to explain to put it in words to Greg, but I, it was hard. Like when he says his opinion on something, is the difference between like one coach will say and he'll just be like, that's his viewpoint. But when Chip Kelly says it, it's like he's telling you this is what it is. He's yeah, he's basically giving you this information on stone tablets from a mountaintop. <laughs> well, I I've, we were talking about it. I think it's mostly that he doesn't really respect the thinking of the people questioning him. We Which, didn't bring Sam in here to be a chip. I'm the only chip here. <laughs> he does not respect the journalists. I yeah. don't think, for the most part, I don't think he re- respects like a fan's thought. And the reason why I don't mind Chip Kelly at all, none of the coaches respect them. I mean, the well, rest can I of just say the one rest thing, of them just hide it. So he's just kind of out I, there. He's and I'm not vouching for the journalism or you know the industry, but like. In your in everyone's jobs, there are people in your office that you don't respect, but you show respect by not openly like chastising them and and being to them. Like, and I think with Chip Kelly, like sometimes that's the way he is. Well, and that's why I, he rubs people the wrong I way. I guess what I would say though is there is a certain level of honesty I don't mind in what what is really being more respectful, being nice to the person to their face, and then talking all sorts of trash about them to your that's friends fun, behind, behind their back. I know that's fun. Or you know, you just are kind of who you are, and you're honest about it. I think Kelly has a hard time hiding that, that, that behavior. That the same about. complaints everyone has about Chip Kelly are the the ones people had about Bill Belichick when he started mm. out. Are we doing that again? I just think there's you a lot of similarities. Those two coaches. Well, I, I mean, look at what you're saying he does. He talks down to reporters. Right. That's yeah. what Belichick's been doing for a, years. A lot of people said the sa- these sort same sort of things about Wesseling when I tried to bring him into the <laughs> <that right>? sports <laughs> media world. Yeah, because he hadn't really interacted with the outside world outside of Tybee Island for a while. And, you know. I don't know about Belichick in his younger years with the Browns, but like it's so Belichick's act with the media now like is totally fine because he is who he is. He's this legend that's winning Super Bowls and going deep into the playoffs every year. But Chip Kelly, again, you know, get to the playoffs first before you take on that persona as the, of the know-it-all. I don't and, and Belichick always has his things. Like, he never shows up for the NFL coaches photo. Like, Belichick's you can do it. never in it. But this year, I don't know. I, I've just seen this come across Twitter. He showed up for the photo. So maybe a kinder, gentler. To uh, answer your question, Belichick was definitely ripped in his Cleveland years for his handling of the media. Oh, yeah. 
he was killed. That was part of the reason they ran him out of town. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help when you, you know, cut Bernie Kosar unapologetically. Which you know, to his credit, was the right move. Right. Moving on, uh, the report out of New York and the Giants, uh, Eli Manning is up for a new contract after this year. Uh, he has signed that mega deal a few years back that made him the highest paid player in the league. He's got two more rings now. Uh, he's coming off a nice statistical season. But the Giants are uh, comfortable letting Eli play out his contract. This according to ESPN.com. Uh, Manning's camp is reportedly looking for a deal that would trump what Ben Roethlisberger just got five years, $99 million. Uh, but I imagine the Giants aren't excited about that. And Wes, I imagine you're not excited about the idea of giving a 33-year-old Eli Manning a $100 million deal. Well, I'm, that's what you pay for franchise quarterbacks. He's a franchise quarterback. I mean, that wouldn't bother me at all. I think that's the going rate. And he bounced back last year. As long as Odell Beckham's healthy, Eli's going to play, for, right, play well. What about if it, this was your team, that you said you wanted to become a general manager? You'd be happy if someone let you run their front office. What if Eli Manning is your team? You're saying that's the going rate for franchise quarterbacks, but would you want to be bold and go elsewhere or just t- sign yourself up for five more years of Eli Manning? No, I would not be bold. I don't – Wow. I, what, I, I don't know. I feel like I say this every podcast. This is shocking what's happening. Right Franchise now. quarterback. I mean, if you don't have one, you're nothing. I didn't even realize that you regarded Manning in that way. I do. So yeah. he's above the, the – because this is really the test of the AD scale, who's going to get these contracts. Right. The AD scale, of course, being the Andy Dalton scale, he's the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks for new listeners. Anyone above it, that's your that's a franchise quarterback. Anyone below it, not so much. That's it. It's mm-hmm. preposterous that he would get paid more than Big Ben. That that I would have a problem with. Right. But if you're the Giants, you have to pay him the going rate. I disagree. This is where you should start getting creative. You said franchise quarterbacks don't get traded. See if you can get Eli Manning for a top five pick in a quarterback you like, something like that, because it's not going to ever get any better for Eli Manning. And what, he's the 15th best quarterback in the league, and he's 33, 34? I do think, and Greg, you look at things of a very critical eye, uh, very, uh, you know, almost bloodthirsty in your ways to expand a program or make changes. Eli Manning has been the heart and soul of this team for a long time. Bloodthirsty? Yes. You ha- the, you're always looking to cut guys, move on, get out, sign a new guy, get a young guy in there. Bring Eli Manning characteristics. May, means a lot to the Giants franchise. So it would be very strange for them to, to make some type of bold move to kick him out of town, especially when he's still playing at a high level. I, that's fair, and I wouldn't. I was recommending this special Chris Wessling took over the Giants theory. Well, why you know, would in I, that case, he doesn't care about the Giants. Why would I trade Eli Manning when the best quarterbacks in this year's draft, nobody is convinced that they're going to be great? I mean, I, to me, no, I'm not, I don't even like Eli Manning, and I wouldn't trade him. Uh, speaking of the Giants, John Mara, who is uh, the owner of the team, uh, expects at least one team to move to Los Angeles next year. Uh, this is the quote he told a group of reporters at, in Phoenix. I think there's going to be one to two teams playing in Los Angeles next year. Uh, we haven't talked about this stuff a lot on the pod. I think mostly because it's been a lot of, you know, a lot of it's been about stadium sites and things of that nature, and it's there hasn't been too much hard news about this. But the more we're hearing, it sounds like this is finally going to happen. It's just a matter of which teams end up being playing in our backyard here, right? Robert Kraft said the same thing on Monday at the owners' meeting that he thinks two teams will be in L.A. next season. Crazy. He, he was harder about it. 
which is crazy. That they, This is some bold talk because there are so many obstacles to moving a team. But when Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, bought this land here in Los Angeles in Inglewood and really kick-started this motion, it really inspired the Chargers and the Raiders and the NFL, everyone to start moving because it was like Kroenke just kind of put his chips in the table, didn't ask anyone to do it, and and just got it going. He he seems ready to move. He seems ready to go. Wes, any chance that you adopt one of the teams that moved to L.A.? Ooh. Now that you're starting to warm up to Los Angeles, uh, you know, you're loving living by the beach. The women in West are starting to see eye to eye now. Uh, you like beer, and there's plenty of that here. Uh, <laughs> is there any chance that you would adopt an L.A. NFL franchise? I, I would not rule that out. There's wow. a I mean, it would have to be an organic process where course, I just started naturally caring more about this team than mm. other teams. But, yeah, there's, there's a chance. Well, what if they, like, That's move... reason enough to get a team out here. Yeah, get Wes involved. I mean, what if they move, like, our – they could move maybe – what if we – had our studios near the NFL Ooh. team. Who knows? That'd be What exciting. kind of inside information do you have? No, I don't have anything. I'm just <laughs> saying, what if they built a big complex or we could get season, you know, we'd go down there, cover a bunch of games. Who knows? So the Rams, the Raiders, and the Chargers, I guess I'll just pose it to you. If you were going to be a fan, which, which team would you want moving here as a fan? That's a good question. I feel like the Rams make the most sense because of their history in Los Angeles. Yeah, me too. I love the Raiders franchise from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I don't like what they've become, but I do have a fondness for what they stood for as outsiders in the 1970s. I like this, by the way. I like where we're going on this. Chargers has Phillip Rivers, too. I know that's short-term thinking. And they also started as the Los Angeles Chargers in 1960 and 61. Tester. I mean, this is it's been circling for 20 years, and now it's at the point where I think the NFL would be really disappointed if – if some of these don't, don't happen, but we, could you see? We say it's happening, but we don't really know because the the St. Louis situation is tricky. There's a you know Albert Breer wrote a piece on the site with which is worth checking out, which explains some of the complications. And and one of them is that St. Louis and the state of Missouri is pushing really hard to keep the Rams. So it's not the best look for the Rams to leave at this point. Could you see the Rams going to L.A. and then the Raiders moving to St. Louis? Well, Breer brought up that possibility right i don't know I, I i think maybe peter king brought it up uh yeah we're now we're getting into wild wait the black hole like it's hard to like imagine. crowding into the edward james almost dome that is so depressing i thought uh it it doesn't really make sense to me we've heard a lot of crazy things if you made a list of the crazy things that had to do with los angeles and the nfl in the last 20 years i mean there's been a lot so who knows i don't really believe any of this till it happens uh, moving uh, on to other topics, the Steelers are bringing back James Harrison. This is a nice little late career comeback for Harrison, uh, who now gets a two-year deal. will be his 12th season in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's been cut multiple times over that span uh, and spent one year in Cincinnati, as we know, is 2013. He had some really nice moments last season with the, the Steelers. It was a really uh, a bright spot for them. I think he gave them much more than they realized. So now, Wes, they bring him back and see if he can do a little more. Yeah, he... Um Captured the the air quotes here fountain of youth last year, <laughs> and was the, wait what are you getting at? I cannot say any more than that. But okay. he was the best player on their defense for a good portion of the second half of the season. So I don't I don't know why it took so long, but I always thought it made more sense for him to come back. We're now five years removed from Warren Sapp calling the Steelers defense old and slow. 
Remember that? And yet mm-hmm. they still have... That was five years ago? I mean, I'm just making up years. I have no idea. I'll go find <laughs> it was out. At least three. It was at least a while ago. And they <laughs> it said three years, years ago. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was three years ago now. My, uh, you know, relationship <laughs> with the facts, not always that strong. Either way, it's they, not important. that was a job. while ago, and we still have Palomalu and Harrison on this defense. It's like they can't let go of these Palomalu is going to be gone one way or another, right? And I ha- don't think so at this point. I think he's going to really? be on the team now. I mean, he's there. They're under the cap. They're not spending any money. I think this was a, a Rooney's did not want to let this guy go. I think he's mm-hmm. there. The um, Damashek, the self-stylized uh, Lester Bangs downstairs in the newsroom, <laughs> He's getting a little restless about the Steelers uh, not really doing a lot this offseason, but I guess like that's always the Steelers. Since wh- When do they have an active free agency period that you remember? They signed a couple of guys last year, but you're, I mean, they tend to do things like the Packers do things. Right, except they spend. They don't spend it smartly, right. as smartly as the Packers have. By the way, looked it up. Warren Sapp split the difference four years ago. It was a while ago, 2011. All right. It. And they've remade most of that defense, though. <laughs> I think the Steelers just need their first-round picks to work out. Greg, Greg, straight up almost vindicated. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I just wanted to get the facts All out. Right. You no, guys said was it good. was so important. That was good fact. Good factoid. <laughs> uh, moving on, we uh, the NFL community lost one of their legends uh, this past weekend. Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer Chuck Bednarik passed away Saturday morning uh, following a brief illness. In, in Pennsylvania, he was 89 years old. Wes, uh, you are a you know, certified football head, and you wrote up a really nice piece. Uh, looking back at Bednarik's career, he was uh, you know, one of the true Ironmen of all time in the NFL, right? Yeah, I think the first three things that you think of with, with Chuck Bednarik, he's the last two-way player. He was an all-pro linebacker and center. And um, the 1960 championship game, he had – He played both positions, 58 and a half of the 60 minutes, and sat on uh, Jim Taylor, the Packers Hall of Fame fullback, Hmm. as time expired to to wrap up that game. Uh, And then the other things, he has one of the coolest nicknames and one of the most fitting nicknames, Concrete Charlie. Hmm. He's from a different era, and it's actually not because of his playing style. It's because he sold concrete as his other job. That's awesome. (laughs) And then the other thing about him is the hit on Frank Gifford. Uh, It's known as the tackle when he basically sent – Frank Gifford out of the NFL for a year due to concussions in 19. Yeah, he didn't play for 18 months, and it's just amazing. You know, you think about how much the game has changed. He's he it was a big part of his career. He was celebrated for that hit. It would not happen that way now. A similar player. Oh, it was player of that ilk. Frank Gifford was you know uh, in New York anyway. He was he like was Derek the, Jeter in New York, the biggest the star he in the NFL. He yeah. had he had the good looks. He had the fame. He had, he was a great player as a running back and a receiver. And I think it was a tougher time, not just in the NFL, but in America at the time. These guys are all coming out of – Chuck Becknerick ran 30 missions in World War II, you know. I think it was just – you know, you didn't worry about concussions. You worried about dying. It was, it was a different time, too. I mean, it, you have to imagine that's – imagine if a hit like that happened in today's game to knock out one of the game's preeminent stars for a year and a half. I mean, this is – this was one of the biggest hits, the biggest plays in NFL history. It still It still is. When uh, Frank Gifford first started dating Kathy Lee, wow, he told deep. <laughs> I like this. He told keep her, going. "You're gonna have to get used to hearing the word Bednarik a lot." Mm. <laughs> That's funny. A great little Bednarik nugget in Wes's post. He played through a torn triceps. It was so severely torn that it left a lump 
by his elbow, which is just gross. And he wouldn't let a doctor go near his <laughs> arm when it happened. So Chuck Bednarik, rest in peace. One of the great ones. All right, now let's move on. And we have our uh, two colleagues in Arizona that are covering all the league events going on right now. And there's a lot of stuff cooking in Arizona uh, be- between the veteran combine and the uh, owners' meetings and all the breakfasts that uh, Mark's getting uh, involved with. So, Greg, Wes, it makes it makes too much sense to get both the Sizzler, Quiet Storm Mark Sessler, and the Great Space Ghost on the line at the same time. Could this be facilitated? Is anyone there? <laughs> How are What's you going Colin? on? Wow, there they are. I hear them both. Look at this technology. Wow, we have moved forward as a podcast because last year Mark and I just passed the phone back and forth to each other. While you were jogging. Nah. <laughs> Let, wait, let's start. producer's credit. <laughs> let's start there, by the way. Has there been any jogging? <laughs> no. Connor, we have not done any exercise of any sort, I'd say. You guys did go to dinner last night, though, right? I mean, I planned, uh, I planned like, there's, like, a little paradise trail to, to jog on, <laughs> but then Mark was like, let's go get a beer at the Tilted Kilt, and that sounded way better to me. So Sounds like that's Mark. That's what we ended up doing. Wow. Well, that is accurate. All right. Well, let's start, gentlemen. Um, and really, uh, you guys are doing a great job there. We're reading your dispatches uh, back here in the, in the mothership uh, from the Veteran Combine. Why don't we start there uh, where we heard from – one scout actually called it. He said it was the veteran comma. It was like watching old yeller get shot 105 times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you, can you back up that claim or that opinion? Was it that, was it that tough to watch these older players trying to get back in the league and it not playing? Yeah. I think there like were, you, Connor, go ahead. I think that there were certain drills, certain aspects of it. Like, um, you know, Jamal Anderson and, and Adam Carricker, I mean, you know, like watching them do some of the some of the bag drills, some of the movement drills, and it's just, you know, just, not just them in particular, but there's such like a stiffness from some of these guys, and it's just, you know, it, you can tell that they're out of the league for a reason, and outside of like two or three people, I mean, the fact that they weren't in the league made absolute sense. Especially, you know? so I, I, especially after we were all at the Combine in, in February when you see these guys that are, 20 years old and are at their, basically their peak, peak fitness. You're watching those same drills, I would assume, and, you're, and it's just a, it's a different ball game. It's crazy to me how much these guys are changing physically over a short period of time, some of them. I think also, I mean, those college guys are training specifically for months for track-type events. And these veterans, like, for instance, when we talked to Michael Bush, he said, you know, he never went to the Combine because he hurt his knee coming out of college. He had never even done, like, a shuttle run or a cone drill or a 40 in front of scouts and it was totally an alien world to him Mm. and he failed yeah he was your quotes from him mark were the most memorable really um what what did he say to you exactly you told him that he had an unofficial 491 and then he was mortified no i did not drop that bomb on him another (laughs) heartless writer told him that and you know he he did he had come off the the, the, the field and thought he had done real well. And there were just a couple of us standing there and we were asking, you know, how do you think you did? And when he learned his time, like thousand yard stare, I mean, <laughs> he knew right then that it was over and he expressed it in his words. He basically said, there goes my career. And it was one of the more awkward moments I've ever oh spent with any athlete 
mm. because he knew it, and there was no coming back. And people kept asking more questions. It's like, let this guy go. Well, the Cardinals did sign someone from the veteran combine, Nathan Slaughter. So there is your trivia answer. They got someone a job, and I'm, I suspect there will be a handful more. You know, Daniel Jeremiah talking about it thought Mike Kafka looked good. He, he thought some people there did impress enough that they're going to end up with a team, but it didn't seem like it's going to be a big influx or anything like that. What else, guys? Are, what else are you seeing? What have you seen today? What's happening at the uh, – it's a pretty ritzy place you guys are staying at, correct? Oh, please. <laughs> Well, what do you mean, oh, please? Have, the, the listeners don't know. What's it like? Well, I mean, Connor, you, you try to explain, like, how, where we're at with buying dinner the other night. <laughs> well, like, it's a, uh, I would say, like, whenever we tell anybody that we're actually staying here, we get, like, the rolled eyes, like, uh, you guys suck, because <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, there's, like, all these fountains and palm trees and fresh flowers <laughs> and cucumber-infused water. You know, that sounds just, awful. Just everywhere, you know. So I mean, I hate cucumbers. You know, we're it. I mean, you know, we're, it's 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 tough out of here. You know. Uh, Mark, you tweeted out a photo of Chip Kelly walking around with a book bag, or at least you you had a dispatch saying that that what was what was happening. Any other like interesting sightings? I know last year, Mark, you you saw like uh, Belichick in a speedo in the lobby or something. I remember a story like that. <laughs> Well, he continues to uh, prance around with Linda Holiday wherever he goes. Um, and we saw Prancing, huh? her along with him today. Well, they were. You know, that's, that he looked very relaxed in a denim shirt with the buttons down quite a bit. And, you know, other than that, like, the reason Kelly stuck out to me, because there was no one out at the hotel at all at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. It was like 6 in the morning, except this one girl, like, eating breakfast and reading a book. And, like, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly comes walking by her. She doesn't know who he is at all. She's just a vacation goer. I'm like, this guy is a completely different breed. No one else was up for another hour. Well, you were there. You're a different breed. Why were you up, you know, walking well, around? Because it? I belong to around the NFL, and we were getting an early start. I was about to go meet Connor outside. So, wow, <laughs> speaks to uh, what you got going on here, Greg. <laughs> so let's talk. Yeah, before we uh, let you guys, because you got to get back to work. This isn't a. You're oh, staying at a, a luxury resort, but that doesn't mean you're on vacation, fellas. And, uh, you know, the competition committee, that's a big part of these owner meetings. And I guess the biggest thing to come out of that was the catch-no-catch. Catch. Uh, it was discussed during a press conference. But it still leaves a, a lot to the imagination of what actually is changing, what it was. It's still a very murky thing, correct? Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting is it's basically what, what happened was they said it was a clarification of the language. But afterwards, there were still plenty of questions about the clarification of the language. And, like, to the point where, you know, we kept watching the Des Bryant catch over and over again. And somebody asked Team Blendino, well, how is reaching for the pylon not considered a football move? And, you know, he said that that was heavily in discussion. So I think that this rule is just going to be as ominous and confusing well, as it ever was. Well, what was the change? Do you, can you explain it? <laughs> That basically, I, I, as far as I can understand it, football move is no longer a part of it. That a wide receiver now has to establish himself as a runner to complete the act of a catch. And there's no more football move talk. I don't know but, what that really but does. But what it comes down to is that the Des Bryant catch is still not a catch. Right. And as long as that's the the truth, that they, they still got this botch. It's still wrong. Wes, you had a tweet about it that you were unhappy with the, the, for the same reasons. How do they, they got to rectify that? I think it's the worst role in professional sports. Ow. I think it takes away from the integrity of the game when the average viewer 
And frankly, referees, coaches, and players don't know what a catch is. And they still won't know what a catch is after this. Hmm. All right, gentlemen. There was one writer here who, like, was at, right after that competition committee charged with writing, you know, a long write-up on that specific subject. And it's someone that I know, and he turned around and he was like, I'm sorry. He's like, I, I have to write this thing. Can you, do you have any idea what they were saying? What is <laughs> right. the catch now? And I was like, How's that I for clarification? No well, was that person <laughs> Connor? <laughs> no, it was not Connor. Because Connor is writing that, and I had the same conversation with him. He didn't say that to me, but I asked him, can he write about this? And I said, honestly, after watching that, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how. Like, this is when I'm just like, you take care of this, Connor, because I have no idea. <laughs> There's more of a silent panic going on. In and, uh, you know, I'm, this is going to be bad. It, so- be really bad. it sounds like, uh, gentlemen, so far there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, late nights. I want there to be at least one night where the quiet storm collides with the space ghost mm. and then the, everything just goes off. So that is to me, and Greg, Greg's your boss, so he's giving you major assignments. The assignment that I am handing out is to party. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been priced out of the market early, but, um, you know, we'll have to make a go of it. Like we, right. I think we've been in bed before 9 p.m. both nights. Hubba, hubba. You know what? We're hardworking. Together? We're hardworking individuals. Good, good. Good. In bed before nine? I can't buy that. Go. No, I don't buy that. Mark, Mark loves to exaggerate. Yeah. In bed before nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for all the work that you do, and please return home soon. Yeah, I've seen how you operate, Sessler. You can't fool <laughs> Sessler me. Sessler trying to pull the wool over <laughs> eyes. Nine no, p.m. Connor, Connor, a test. Tell me what. Tell him what's happened. I um Mark was in bed well before uh like he, he That's what he told okay, you in his room Mark. in his room and, uh, yes, let's yes. Not see. Uh, yes. Yeah, he ducked in the room, changed into his uh night owl suit and then left. <laughs> All right, that'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, and that phone call at the beginning of the podcast was Mark calling in 40 minutes early. So that Mark is always uh, beyond punctual. Yeah. And it, call, it rings true with phone calls as well. Thanks Mark. Thanks, Thank you Connor. guys. Enjoy your cucumber Thank water, you. boys. <laughs> All right, those are the heroes on site in, Ar- in Arizona. So they'll com- continue to keep us in the loop. Will Mark be back with us on Wednesday? Yeah, he will be here on Thursday Okay, good. for our final show of the week. Which is the most important show of the week because, of course, it is the return of... You would think a game that's building and its recognition around the globe would get a better sound drop. We might have to work on that one. That is by... Let me hear it one more time. Oh, so bad. <laughs> it also cuts off early. It does. It cut even off cuts early. off early. Yeah, it's a bad one. That uh, TD, we got to talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah, let's do a whole new thing. It doesn't need to be that sort of theme. It could be a little happier. All right, Plus, it's like, not always, it's not Wes's toaster anymore, technically. But you know. right, oh, that's a good point. That, I don't. Agree. It's in my desk drawer. Yeah. Let's just say the last two people that, that have won your toaster, neither one is Wes. You know what I mean, <laughs> Wes. Wes is third removed right now from winning the This toaster. is why we need to start the game up again so Wes can start to piece it all back together. I'm looking forward to, uh, forward to it after the long layoff. It's not my fault that you would not grant me a match. That you were scared. You ran scared. John King just ho- like the Vanda Holofield and so Charlie excited. Steiner. Uh, Come get your whooping, Rosenthal. Uh, yeah, I like this. <laughs> Woo! Uh, before we get to our last topic, uh, I just want to – by the way, I'm getting a ton of heat on Twitter. Apparently, Thursday's show, I didn't even realize I did it. But everyone, a lot of people uh, took umbrage with it. Uh, the U.K. came up with it, which is, of course, the United Kingdom. And I think I made a, a reference to England. So a lot of angry people, I would think, from Scotland and Wales and 
Northern Ireland, but not Ireland itself. And Guernsey. And perhaps even Guernsey, according to Wes. Uh, you know, you're all part of the United Kingdom, not just England. So I apologize to the UK. One final note about last uh, Thursday's episode. It is now the most downloaded episode in around the NFL history. Two weeks in a row. We have, we've had that. Two weeks in a row. Thursday Ow. show. Yep. Oh, okay. Good. Very good. Exciting. Great knowledge. All right. So let's get into it. Zach Goldman behind the glass for that show. It was, yes, that's right. What do you think oh, about you, that? You thought, he, I think you thought t- I was behind the Well, I don't want to ruin show. this whole theory, yeah. but TD's information is completely wrong. It was Wednesday's show. So, you, you know, you got to be on top oh. of things. Well, it was a Thursday show. It was a show <laughs> last week. All Greg right. all of a sudden Close cares whether facts are right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fact Guy. Uh, all right, let's talk about players who benefited or were hurt by free agency. Uh, Mark Sessler and I both wrote pieces where we kind of laid out uh, some players, both for and against, or pro free agency in terms of getting they, being, in a, being in a better position and being in a worse position. Uh, so why don't we now, the three of us, uh, throw out some names? And uh, I guess <clears throat> I'll start with one um, that I, I think that Ryan Tannehill is in a better position this year. I'll throw Tannehill. This is Greg's boy, but I just want to mix it up a little bit and uh, mention Tannehill because I think they did right by him by getting Mike Wallace out the door. First and foremost, that was not a good, uh, not a good setup. They gave it two years to try to make it work. It did not work. They ship him out of town. They get Kenny Stills, which is a very nice trade. So it gives him another chance. Jordan Cameron, who I'm a big fan of and, and by law of God, hating the Browns, you know, he's going to have a big year this year in Miami. So you got two big players there. And then, of course, when you sign Dominican Sue, it has an effect on both sides of the ball that will change their defense, that will make things easier potentially for Ryan Tannehill. So I am saying Ryan Tannehill has benefited from free agency, gentlemen. Salary cap implications aside, is their wide receiver core better now than it was a year ago? I think they're – and they have those Philadelphia roots there with Bill Lazor. They are treating wide receiver kind of like Chip Kelly's tweeting right – treating wide receiver. I mean, their top receivers are Stills, Matthews, and Jarvis Landry. They think the system's going to carry it over. I don't know. I'd be a little worried. There's something to be said for that. I think Tannehill probably threw most short passes of any quarterback in the NFL last year. They don't go down the field at all. And this is going to be Tannehill's fourth year, correct? That's correct. If he does not make the leap this year, I guess we kind of know what he is at this point, which is kind of like a guy hanging out right on the – uh, right on the Dalton. The Dalton. I think he's above it. I think he's significantly above it. Significantly. On, if if he puts together the the question is can he do it year after year? But I think based on just last year, he was a top 12 13 guy. He's right there with Eli Manning or or above Eli Manning. In a gimmick I just want to see it though. year after year from him. Yeah, I, the Dal- I, I just did a post gi- before. It is a gimmick offense. It's a combination of Chip Kelly's and what Kyle Shanahan ran in RG3's rookie year. But he has athleticism. I, I think he's a – that's true, but he's better at running it than any of the Chip Kelly offense guys. Yeah, and the Dolphins, you know, you said that – we'll find out. The Dolphins said today, t- your boy Tannenbaum said, we're going to make him a very rich man, that they identify him as a true franchise quarterback. Well, Tannenbaum also identified Mark Sanchez as a true <laughs> franchise quarterback. And I like Mark Tannenbaum, but, you know. Mr. T. Uh, Greg, what do you got there? You got one for, uh, benefited by, by or hurt by? Where I can't believe this guy didn't make it onto your list. Oh. I'm not even kidding here. Matt Castle of the <laughs> Buffalo Bills 
<laughs> They're better. He's going to win that starting job. You put him in a position, he's facing off EJ, EJ Manuel right. and Tyrod Taylor, and he's throwing a Clay, Harvin, Watkins, and Woods. That is a okay. good-looking group. He's throwing short passes. <laughs> Wes laughs. Okay. But he's your, benefited. Whose stock has risen more? Your bizarre castle fetish has reached new lows. <laughs> because he's – I mean, are we sure he can beat out Tyrod Taylor? I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm betting on. It, he was trying to beat out Teddy Bridgewater, so that was never happening. So he's benefited much uh, easier, I, and he's benefited. <laughs> my point is that's a great little group around him, and I think uh, you can coach him up, and it'll be fine. I like Greg Roman. A lot of people that can benefit from this. All right. I mean, I you're right because if I'm putting Geno Smith on this list, it obviously isn't a list of all guys I think are going to be really good this year, and Blake Bortles for that matter. Uh, but I don't know for some reason I, when I think of the Bills quarterback situation. It's even it's a hopeless void, and I think whoever they put in there is going to struggle until they get somebody new in town. But he's there's no doubting that whoever starts is in a decent position. Well, I think he could be closer to a Josh McCown in Chicago type of. Thing. Okay, that's a, see, I'm no, it's good I'm one. Believing in it, it's a good one, Wes. Uh, I my number one guy who won the last few weeks is C.J. Spiller. Ooh, I like that. I think. Um, I know Greg thinks that I overvalue him a little bit. His 2012 game film is the closest I've seen to an early career Chris Johnson. That explosiveness um, in space and short areas, I, I haven't seen that kind of lateral agility from any other player. And he's going to a coach who knows how to use that, whereas Doug Marone and Nathaniel Hackett did not know how to use that. They tried to run him between the tackles, and he's – he do, he refuses to run between the tackles. I think this was, I think we'll see him. He could be a superstar in the NFL. Wow, I like that. The well, Ingram Spiller tag team, my favorite running back tag team in the NFL right now. Why do you why do you think the 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 Jets and Chan Gailey didn't go after him? I thought that was a nice fit for them. I don't know. It's a good question. It's not a good sign. I don't think. I do wonder with Spiller. Did you see that explosiveness when he was on the field last year? Cause yeah, he's the, had high ankle sprains and other injuries. You'll see it in flashes. I, I He just has to get in space. Like He's not a guy who's going to break tackles. Here's Wes's fascination with Spiller that I, that I do totally understand. He's one of the rare players that have come out, like Percy Harvin, another guy that Wes loves, that can make the rest of the NFL look slow that looks like he's on another plane. And there's only a few of those guys that come along, one one or two a year, and Spiller's one of those guys. All right. Uh, my give turn. Me, you give me one. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll give me a piggyback off a little bit off Mark's list. Who, uh, he threw out four quarterbacks that he thought got worse. I think I agree with this first one he has here, Tony Romo. Uh, the whole thing with Romo last year and why they were so great on offense is because they did – they kind of ran it through DeMarco Murray and then – made Tony Romo not be under the same amount of pressure on a week-to-week basis that he had been in recent years. And that's why I just I still don't get why they didn't work harder or try harder mm-hmm. to get a deal done to get DeMarco Murray back in that uh, locker room. I think they're going to miss him now. Wes, I know uh, we've talked about what if Adrian Peterson ends up in Dallas. I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe they go and get one of these running backs in the draft, and then he turns into a stud, and then away we go. But Darren McFadden doesn't do anything for me for obvious reasons. And if you take him out of there, if you take uh, DeMarco Murray in there, and whoever ends ends up going in that spot isn't as productive, mm. then all that pressure goes back on Romo like it was in the bad old days, and you're staring at another 8-8 eight and eight and maybe another injury to Romo. It does make me think about whether they will remain a run-first team regardless of their running back. I kind of think they will. I mean, they'll have to they have to draft someone. 
But I don't think they're going to go away from that pound pound the ball. I think they're just going to hope that the offensive line is the reason why they were so good. Yeah, but the, it's a big risk. The number two guy on my winner's list is McFadden. Oh, my gosh. You Now wow. you're getting crazy. You're, you, you're holding you're making, hope. You're making fun of me for Castle, and you're still pumping up old Darren McFadden? I mean, talk about watch, <laughs> watch the tape. By the way, it's not just that he's on the Raiders. Watch him. He can't break a tackle. He can't do anything. TD, I don't he can know. break tackle. TD, I don't know if you were paying attention there, but Wes's body language as he said that, utter Chip Kelly-level confidence. In his head nod at Greg as he said Darren McFadden. It was I know you're just, laughing at me, but I... just like I take your castle and I'll uh, one-up you. <laughs> I, I, I think McFadden, I've said this before, he's the most dependent running back in the league on his offensive line. And I think if you open up holes for him, he's going to produce. Huh. I don't think he's better than Joseph Randall. I think Joseph I think Randall's he's, better. Well, Joseph Randall's not... We don't even know if he's, he's not a real starter. Joseph Randall's a role player. How come Latavius Murray found great success behind that Oakland line, but Darren McFadden couldn't? That's a good question. Yeah, maybe they should bring in Latavius Murray. He'd be, he's <laughs> one of the biggest winners free agency. Got a new center, Rodney Hudson. Uh, get negative on me, Greg. Get super oh, I neg. was going to be positive. Uh, we'll do whatever you want. I don't care, really. Uh, I was just going to go well for the obvious one, Andrew Luck. Okay, let's hear it. I mean, you get rid of Reggie Wayne who was basically an albatross. Hakeem Nicks was so poor in Indianapolis last year that no one has signed him to this point. No one's even that interested. He couldn't separate. And then you add Johnson and Gore, a lot of mental power, still some savviness. Don't forget Harriman's. Harriman's at guard. I'm just, you know, they're, they were loaded last year with a very flawed group, and now they're better. That's my guy. You like it? Wes, give us another one. we got to get out of here in a couple Another minutes. winner? Yeah. Eh, whatever you want. Sam yeah, Bradford. Winner. Okay, yeah, that's a big one. Sam Bradford goes from Brian Schottenheimer and some detective named Frank Signetti. Frank Signetti, private eye. <laughs> to Chip Kelly and what Greg has dubbed a quarterback-proof offense. Mm. Everyone who plays quarterback in that offense excels. I like that. I think it's that simple. He did blow his knee out two years in a row, but I guess that has nothing to do whether he was helped or hurt by free agency. <laughs> Well, either way. Jordan Matthews could be another one. Yeah. Helped. Yeah, helped. He could be – how many – well, that's – we fell for this last year, though, just assuming. I think the Eagles will spread it around. But you're right. He is in position at the moment to what, be the What did we one. fall for? That, that Jordan Matthews hype a little bit. That what, we, he had like 900 yards as a rookie. Okay. That's pretty darn people, impressive. People in fantasy leagues were treating him like yeah. the guy you had taken the first five rounds. That's uh, ridiculous. I'll throw another one out there since he already came up uh, and his quarterback came up too, Jordan Cameron. Like him getting out from under that dark cloud in Cleveland with all that QB mess and, uh, you know, going to Miami with a quarterback that in his fourth year who's made gains each and every season, give him a real weapon. Jordan Cameron stays healthy. Yum. You're looking at the Pro Bowl. It's guaranteed. In fact, I'll put a sandwich on it. Jordan Cameron is going to the Pro Bowl uh, just because of the Browns. If he stays healthy. I'll I'll take that. All right. I'll take that in a second. Wait, can we say he has to be elected to the initial – Pro Bowl. I don't want him to be the seventh alternate. No, but that's, the, that's part of the no, fun. No, no, then I'm not doing so it. So you're not going to take it? Not if they count the alternates. Just he was on the original Pro Bowl roster. All right, the first whatever. Six, I don't care. Pick. Yeah, sure. Right, that's look. fine. Let's do it. Chomp, 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 chomp. All right, uh, one more. Someone throw out a juicer. Man, all I was thinking was poor Terrence Knight and thought he was going to get a big contract, and instead he has to go from Denver to Washington on another lousy deal. He ate himself out of a. He ate himself into the loser list. Shocking that a man nicknamed Pot Roast would do that. <laughs> Just about to say that. <laughs> one of the all-time stunners. Wes, you got one more real quick? 
A winner? Uh, whatever you want. Uh, Blake Bortles. Bordeaux. I call him Bordeaux. Julius, he gets Julius Thomas. They're trying to help. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. They at least signed a guy, Jeremy Parnell. Uh, those are two nice pieces, and we'll see what they do in the draft. I think the biggest thing with him, though, is he has to fix his mechanical flaw and his delivery, which he he was maybe one of the most impressive quarterbacks we saw in the preseason and then fell into a bad habit where he started throwing like a baseball pitcher, and that really sunk his season. Shouldn't do that. Should definitely throw like a football player. Yes. That's my analysis. Uh, all right, so that's it. So that's it for another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> we got two more shows this week. Uh, including, of course, Thursday's big show with the toaster on the line on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have some great football chatter. Do we have anything uh, set up for Wednesday? I thought we already have some. Oh, we're going to do some positional uh, power rankings of the divisions. Division power. D- division power rankings. Wow. I don't even really know what it exactly entails yet, but we're going to rank the divisions. And if we weren't planning to do it, now we've locked ourselves no, into it. we're doing it. it. So it's happening. So get ready for that. I think the gold standard will be behind the glass on Wednesday. And then TD is taken back over for Thursday's important Ooh, show. I like that, TD. That's show something. Yeah, it's showing. He's like, I don't want gold standard here showed for Win West. I want to be here. You know, it showed me something. And especially after I listened to the show I missed and TD was taking some shots at me. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa, whoa. You know, at the same time, I get it. Like he says, Dan, you know, sometimes is a pain. But at the same time, when I see you – uh, getting on that Thursday show because you, you, you know it's one that you should be on, it makes me think, man, you know what? It's the right guy for the job. <laughs> He's starting to get it. Show some leadership. Wow. <laughs> it's like the opposite of that Belichick-Wes Welker scene where he's like, way to compete, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman and for the boss and TD behind the glass and uh, from Arizona, both Quiet Storm and Ghost Protocol. We will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.